0: Hello and welcome to the Jackcast, your Swansea City podcast. I'm Matt Brock and I'm joined as ever by Steve Carroll. Evening Steve. Evening. We've got quite a bit to get through. I'm afraid we'll probably pre-warn you. It's probably not going to be the best, most upbeat podcast in the world, but we'll try and uh, get through it. we all get through this together, shall we? Um, let's start off with uh, something positive Steve and I think we can all call it positive which was Swansea's deadline day business because we have coming into it thinking there's a few holes in the team straight away uh, we still hadn't replaced Manning at left wing back desperately crying out for that also needed centre half cover a few irons in the fire we weren't sure if they
1: were going to get over the line and a lot of the deals did and it was really positive Yeah it feels as if we I think most of our targets on deadline day came to fruition I mean I like think that the big one, obviously, being Bashir Humphreys, is somebody that we've we've targeted and we all summer. I think he's been, you know, someone that we really wanted, and you know, we were waiting to see if Chelsea would loan him out, and obviously, we've got him right at the end. So that's a big positive. I think the other ones, I mean, we may well have targeted other players in those positions. I think, if I'm honest, um, throughout the summer, but when it came down to it, then we've we've got a few players in. Um, certainly now, I would say that there's good strength in depth. I mean, whether the first eleven is brilliant, I think we'll we'll find out, won't we? But um, there's certainly now competition for places. We're not looking like last season and thinking if there's one or two of these get injured, the replacements uh, you're looking in the youth team basically. So um, we're not in that position now, are we? There's there's good strength here and competition for places. So everyone needs to up their game, really, don't they? I think. Yeah,
0: definitely, and I think they on on the face of it that should mean the players then will have to look over their shoulder a little bit and make sure they're putting in good performances we will talk about those performances <laughs> just after this but um, as you say Bashir Humphreys comes in on loan he was, he wasn't he was going to be available then they were, they were going to keep him um, there was just a, a big mess around what was going on there we did manage to get him right at the end of deadline day which is a real positive because we courted him for so long and he's so highly thought of was featured for Chelsea already this season so he's someone they were very much thinking he's part of the fan plans for the future I'm likening that sort of uh loan to like a mark yeah Steve where it's not like someone out in the wilderness at the club I mean they wanted that player as a big part of a future he's going to have a big part in the game as gay has gone on to be a Premier League regular now and they expect the same for Humphreys
1: yeah I mean it's um it's sort of surprisingly really, how he was on the bench wasn't he earlier in the, the summer. And you look at obviously Chelsea have just been buying everybody left, right, and centre and they but even then he's still been on the bench. So mm. a bit surprised by that really. But um I think the I think Chelsea have probably done the right thing loaning him out and hopefully maybe the thing with Gray a couple of years ago was unbelievable for us really. Uh hopefully maybe played so a bad. part. Yeah. Yeah I and mean, yeah. obviously they, they benefited from it as well and they might be thinking the same thing now. So yeah yeah, I mean look the, the truth is I think whenever you sign someone on loan it's quite inexperienced. It is, it's, a, it's a little gamble, isn't it, to, to a point? But he does come with, with rave reviews and um, look, and we've got to be realistic as well. Defensively, we've had quite big problems. So we mm-hmm. needed reinforcements. It was an area of the team that we hadn't really strengthened, I would say. So to do something was long overdue and, um, yeah, we, we need him to hit the ground running, unfortunately, because obviously we're not in a great position. Yeah, it would be nice
0: if they could have all played... On the Saturday, but still had to have them all registered by midday. We didn't have anyone registered by that point, so we couldn't get any of them on the pitch. But he comes in to the team uh, later later on in the day. Earlier on, a little bit of business went on. Christian Pedersen, who had previously had a stint at Birmingham, and he he played many games there. And um, he was away. Uh, where was he playing? Where did we sign him from? Was it Cologne, Germany? Possibly. And it was in Germany, but Cologne yeah. was it? I think
1: okay. this is. I think he's been more of like a backup up Do you think officer. so? Yeah, I, th- I think even in terms of our like targets, if you know what I mean, I think he's been available most of the summer and we've only acted on deadline day. It's as if I get the impression we may have wanted other players and now we've, um, you know, we, we acted then on deadline day because we maybe the other ones have gone. I mean, and if I'm honest, I'm thinking the same thing with Jamal Lowe. I mean, they've, Bournemouth have accepted a loan deal for him um, with mm, no so. obligation to buy and they've not extended his contract. It's almost yeah. as if nobody else wanted him and they thought, right, well, we've got to get something, some of his wages at least off the books because nobody else wants him. So, you know, I think those two, they're they're not, you know, I don't think they're top targets personally, but it doesn't mean that they obviously won't do well for us. Hopefully they will. But, um, yeah, that's certainly my thinking um, with those two there. You know, we may well have wanted other players and couldn't get them and we've acted at the end um, because, you know, there's, you know, it's a case of the, there's not many others available. Yeah, and well,
0: long-time listeners of Jack Castle know of, I was never um, the biggest fan of Jamal Lowe, but he seems in a team that is devoid of pace since over Fermi leaves and stuff like that. And over the last couple of years, Dan James, before that as well, we've really lacked anything in that area. So if he's available, and the fact that we've managed to talk it round from a six-month loan to a 12-month Um, As you say, where he then goes out of contract at Bournemouth really does feel like it's just one of those things that it just suits both parties. We got someone there who will perhaps be able to stretch opposition for the season and Bournemouth take those wages off their bills so they were able to jiggle things around elsewhere. Um, Yeah, Pederson comes in. As you say, I think his signing was probably agreed in principle right at the start of the summer. Probably the terms were agreed with Cologne and his personal terms were agreed as well, I feel, and only triggered at a point where we thought, right, we'll, we'll get him in, he's an extra body, he can add something to the squad. Because um, that one's been rumbling on since the window opened, really, hasn't it? And the big money one in on the deadline day was um, Josh Tymon, who joined from Stoke. Um, this one came a little bit late in the day. I didn't know about this one happening, and I think it was until deadline day. Really, there was talk of us being in frame. There's a couple of other players being bandied around as well. This those came and gone with rumours everywhere all over social media. This one stuck, and um, this is when we got done somewhere between two and two and a half million. We think the the eventual fee was, um, and, and and Stoke were um, he was wasn't hasn't been in the team and been featuring so much now recently, but did have high hopes for him before. I think they wanted between three and four originally in terms of uh, money for him, Steve. So um, hopefully he can live up to the billing. I think he's coming with a bit of a attacking full-back kind of reputation, likes to get, it, get his opposition player and get across into the box. Similar in some respects to Manning, perhaps.
1: Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's certainly, a I would say, a, a key area for us because, you know, Ashby has been playing right-wing back, forcing Keith to left-back, I mean... I'm sure, Ashby will talk about in a bit, but he probably hasn't been great so far. So, I think if we have the option of moving Key to the right back or right wing back position and time into the left wing back, it will give us a bit better balance and hopefully will contribute to better performances and results. So, I think that is one of along him and Humphreys are probably the two that I'm looking at that are going to be you know regular starters for us. And I think it'll be for the other two to try and force their way into the team, really. But, um, you know, as I said at the start, we you're looking at us now no. and you're just thinking there is a lot of depth in this squad now we did not have that before did we I mean I know we'll talk about maybe one or two we've gone but we did even sign Nathan Broom that goalkeeper didn't we mm, yeah. if you look at it which from my point of view just tells me that they've got no faith whatsoever in Andy Fisher which is obviously a view that me and you both share <laughs> so that's fine um, so they you know but last season they so they've, they've given essentially we have three first team goalkeepers now And you think beyond January, we had one and they signed a very cheap backup who was never going to play. And as we know, the number one was nowhere near up to it. But that just tells you that they've, you know, there has been a change of tack. And, you know, we are not not short of positions now, but it does bring a different type of pressure. Whereas Martin was cut a little bit of slack probably because he was left short. I'm not sure Duff is going to have the same situation.
0: It's interesting because if we focus on the attackers... Um, with the arrival of Jamal Lowe, um, we've got four or five different They've got different styles, different ways of playing these strikers. We've not got two of the same. I mean, you could look at um, Liam Cullen, who'll run all day, run the channels for you and do the ugly things, but also is a porter in a six-yard box. And um, Yates would probably be the sort of player who would, in theory, suit... Duff's game the most because he would be big on the high press. He'd like to get involved in tussles with the defenders and try and keep pressurising them. From what we've heard and seen of his time at uh, Blackpool, that would certainly fit into what Duff likes to play. So I would think that would really suit. Jamal Lowe gives that raw pace. Um, You've got Janelli then who, again, he he gives you that width and pace. Um, And you've got um, Kiharovic then who can um, he's given you that frame, that that opportunity to to get the ball forward to someone quicker. He's very good with his feet. I find technically for someone who is is quite bigger in size. I, I the that
1: saying before. <laughs> yeah. big good feet <laughs> thought, for a big man. <laughs> has, has there been a, a striker who's like a target man who's not good in the feet? <laughs> I'd like to know that. It's a it's a good one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, it's an old saying. But yeah, he's, um, you know, there's lots of different attributes there. So, in theory, and the, the point I'm coming around to quite labored in it too, so is that there's plenty of game changers there. Where you play a certain strike force and you're thinking it's not going well, it's not working, you've got four or five different characters on the bench who would then be able to go out, He's going to offer us something different, he's going to offer us something different. You just need to make your choice between what you've got available. As you say, with the options being there now, the excuses become less, the opportunity for slack becomes less and people are expecting uh, results or maybe just
1: to see a little bit of more ideas come through in fruition now. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, you do make a good point with that. I mean, it's I always, I suppose you could look almost at like remember when Kenny Jacket was, was here and the subs would be Akinfenwell for Fallon or vice versa so and just think, Same. well, it's not really working here. So... You know you need what you really need to do is just just change things around a little bit even if it's yeah like a Leon Knight for that kind of stuff yeah of, you change that's it a, if, even if it's the case of you might bring you might, say you've you got two wide players but you might bring a wide player on and then the the wide player who, who keeps up who stays Staying on, on yeah. then maybe switch him to the other side and put the other the new guy on the side that he was on uh-huh. just little things like that sometimes just just give the opposition something a little bit different to think about and I think that is one good thing now about the strikers. They do seem to have different attributes. So, you know, in that sense, it, it is a good thing in terms of potentially changing the game when things are not uh, not really going away. But, I mean, you, you look at it now, there's a lot of depth here isn't it. It's actually going to be hard to keep everybody happy, I think. There's going to be a few high profile players not making the bench. You would, yeah, you would, you would
0: think so. Um, you know, we, we were hoping that that would be a, a positive problem. We'll just quickly go over the players who left the club over the last couple of days of deadline day. Um, before we talk about performances, uh, Liam Cooper joined Lake Norrient Brandon, Brandon Cooper, Cooper sorry. Uh, joined Lake Orient on loan. Joel Cottrell uh, joined Stockport on loan. Ewan Morgan left permanently. He, we're understanding, wasn't uh, keen on saying his first professional deal with the club. So he left... Uh, Brentford was the club of his choice um, undisclosed the club say is the highest they've ever received for a player not on professional terms so I wouldn't know what players they've let go and, and had money for in the same situation before but it sounds like we've had a good uh, bit of money from Brentford for him and uh, Stephen Bender who me and you were saying probably would have ended up playing every game last season had he not picked up that injury in January and um, ends up leaving the club again, another player we believe wouldn't sign extended terms at the club. And um, with his contract up in the summer, seems to be around about a million pounds to Premier League Fulham, you think you can't really blame him for wanting to back himself and try and make that move. Um, and the club get quite a good
1: sum for him. Yeah, I think realistically as well, um, I don't think Ben does that close to fitness. So I think he could be easily be another couple of months off playing um, and if he then won't sign a contract I don't think we've done a terrible deal I am a little bit disappointed because I did think that he did have a lot of potential and we'd seen bits of it last year there was the odd mistake but I mean his overall goalkeeping I felt was good as sometimes with his feet he might let himself down but I mean you think to the time when he first came in the team under Martin he's quite rash wasn't he he certainly curbed um, curbed that and you know would we have made the playoffs if he hadn't got injured last year I yeah, think definitely that's fairly realistic isn't it so yeah. It is a shame, but look, we the, the main thing is we have actually covered ourselves with goalkeepers. We're not relying on Fisher now, so it is what it is. I mean, I think Cooper and Cottrell going on loan. I'm always a big fan of of youngsters going out on loan if they're not going to be involved. So I think if they play that will that'll be great for us. Um, and decent decent level they've both yeah, gone to as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean it would be keeping an eye on those two and, and Josh Thomas, I think, with me and Ewan Morgan I think is quite disappointed really. Um someone that they've had high hopes for as you say is a good fee for him and there's no doubt to sell on so we could still potentially profit but he did seem like a real prospect and um, so to lose him is is disappointing but I mean if he wanted to go again realistically they've, the club couldn't do a lot and they've, they've done the right thing really but it is a shame isn't it? It is um, but it does mean that we finished the
0: um, deadline day with uh, 13 incomings over the summer, which is a hell of a turnaround for a club that couldn 't muster anything for several windows um, <laughs> over the past few years and a couple of managers have suffered that fate but um, so we were thinking right we 've got position we got players in positions we 're not playing square pegs in round holes anymore um, and we 're going to start to see uh, some sort of fluidity and tactics coming into our game now and see us really kickstart our season. So let's talk about the three defeats. <laughs> because oh, we're going awesome. to start at Preston and um, t- 1-0 up to 2-1 down. Um, really uh, positive for my mind first half hour or so. Steve, I thought we were playing some really nice stuff and zipping the ball about. It. And I thought, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe today is the day where we pick up that elusive first win and we kick on. And um, all the you know, negativity around the manager and the club at the moment will, will dissipate away. Um, and then half-time came and went and we just completely packed in. And we were just deserved losers in the end for my money.
1: We looked comfortable. That's the most frustrating thing about it. We scored a decent goal. Um, and honestly, until they equalised, I thought we were, we were doing all right. We didn't really look in much trouble. We'd had one or two other chances, maybe not brilliant ones. Proved key in particular. Um, uh, their, um, their right hand side, our left was was causing a bit of trouble, and I did feel as if we could had a, a, decent chance. Um, but then we've we conceded. I think the first goal, to be fair, is a good header. And Starling so, shouldn't get beaten. Yeah, though should he? In my opinion, as yeah, a set that's, draft. that's yeah. That's, I think that is a fair comment. Um, the second one is just it's basic again, and it's it. The, it's the, I well, really this shock. is what's bothering me it's, I don't think they created that much they didn't have to no. score twice we're too easy to score against way too easy I, I don't really understand it at all and um, you know the fact is if you carry on conceding the way that we are then the right is on the board are going to struggle because you can't you know concede like that I mean we'll get it. We've, scored, we've conceded nine in five games and that's without last season's goalkeeper who's consistently costing us so if he was in that, what would be going on there? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? The defence has got significantly worse looking at the stats,
0: hasn't it? So I don't understand. And it was going to be a comment that reserved for the Bristol City talk, but I'll just mention it now that we're talking about it, is the defence is not stopping the opposition creating at will. Bristol City, mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a second. This was the most obvious example. Um, so it's not working. So we're creating a, a formation which is... Um, Five at the back, essentially, or, or three if you count the backs so up the field, um, it's not working with three. Maybe players are getting confused and covering each other's positions and both going up for same headers and all sorts of who's marking who because there's three for two then going forward in a lot of instances. Then you need to stop playing five at the back go to something. And we talked about this under Russell Martin and it worked under Russell Martin, he changed it. And all of a sudden then, we suddenly looked like a lot more stable, a lot more solid, and felt like we could actually push on because we weren't as porous um, at letting opportunities come for the opposition. So to see that then, us go and concede chances at will, um, it really put in a position of thinking, this has to change. he does change it we'll talk about Bristol City in just a minute um, I think at this point at the Bristol City game maybe too much had already happened and the confidence was gone two undefeated Preston they've had a great start to the season so it's not like it's necessarily like oh my god this is a this is a landmark result for us to, to lose it there um, then we uh, bring Bournemouth down in the next round of the cup and you're thinking we did we did we played well in the first round, and again, we seemed to play well against Bournemouth for the most of that game, barring a twenty-minute spell, perhaps at the start of the second half. I thought we matched them, and I thought we gave as good as we
1: got. To be fair, as well, I think they look like in the second half they did give us a going over, but it was after they brought their big guns on. Yeah. and look in that situation, it's going to be difficult, and you wouldn't. I'm not going to criticise us for that to be honest, because I think it's just there's levels. And they had players that were above ours, and they, they made it count. But in the first half, in particular, we did play well, didn't we? Yeah. It wasn't just the fact that we were within. We put some nice moves together. And I thought, actually, some of the squad players, like Gianelli, um, well, maybe I could say he's a squad player probably because he hasn't been fit, he? But certainly the players that came into the team mm. did actually make a, a decent difference, like him. So that was reasonably encouraging. It's just that they then made changes, and... Yeah, in the second half it was a lot harder, but it, you know you can accept that. I I don't really have a problem with it. Still think we maybe were a bit naive about or two of the goals we conceded, but I could see actually some positives for that. I felt considerably more positive uh, after that game than probably every other game so far this season. Certainly more positive than after what we saw on Saturday. Well, so we'll come on to it then because you
0: obviously come off a result, but we we did lose, but you did we did show plenty of metal, and once we went behind. Uh, we'd obviously equalised against uh, Bournemouth uh, relatively late on. Then they went and scored again in injury time. And still, we could have equalised again. We were still showing enough about us to put them really under pressure. So I was thinking, well, do you know what? This never-say-die attitude. This keep coming. Let's keep going. Um, it was refreshing to see. I like to see that fight going into the Bristol City game thinking now is the time to get all these small little bits we've seen in every game and gone that little bit was good that little bit was good let's get all those pieces and put them together and put in a performance
1: well it didn't happen did it? Uh, no it most certainly did not happen um, a lot of things to talk about here I think isn't there? we can start off by saying we did score a really nice goal it was with our only attack but yeah. yes absolutely like did, Patino's put a lovely ball from the colour score. to be fair to colour and you always when you you look you'd, at him on a 1-1 yeah. yeah you do back him and that's what he does I've, I've got to say that other than that I, I didn't think he was very good at all he he couldn't the ball couldn't stick to him and he kept giving it away but look finishing wise and you know instinct for being in the right place at the right time that's his game isn't it and yeah. that's why we were winning but we were to put it mildly very very lucky to be winning at half time weren't we I mean they gave us a proper going over Bristol, thats I think that's what worries me the most is that I'd never associate Bristol City as a team that outplay us, really. I mean, it's never been their their type of game, but they really did on Saturday, didn't they?
0: Yeah, they had um, a couple of disallowed goals in there. You know, everything that was coming at us, they missed some sitters. We had Rushworth to thank for a couple of um, smart stops as well. And you're thinking, oh, we looked at each other at one point and thought, we're, we're, we're living a blessed life at the moment. I think we're... We really don't deserve to be ahead in this game, but we'll take it. And you get the half time and you think, Well, that was their big chance. They bossed the first half and somehow gone in one little down. Duff's gonna have a chat now. He's gonna make sure that doesn't repeat second half. And in fairness, he changed it at half time. He did change the shape, he did change the way we were gonna try and approach the game, but it didn't stem the flow. It didn't stem time. Now I'm I'm trying to kind of see why that was the case because the last thing I want to associate with anyone playing for our club is a lack of effort, downing tools, um, not playing for the manager. The thought of that repulses me because I think player power in football is obscene anyway and I would hate to think in our club that we're a victim of this as well. But despite the change, we didn't get close to Bristol City again, second half. And they just kept coming and coming. And once the equaliser came, Steve, the writing was on the wall. We were losing
1: that game. Oh, massively, yeah. I mean, at half-time, I was thinking, well, obviously, we're very, very lucky to be winning this game. I hope it's a wake-up call. And you don't, obviously, Duff made the one change. The need for Ashby, who mm. was not having a good game again. Um, but, I mean, they scored only straight after the break. And then it wasn't long after they got in front. To be honest with you, right, I felt they backed off at 2-1. They could have gone for the juggler there, they could have won well, that more comfortably, they probably should have, because that could have cost them. But I honestly thought we were a team that didn't know what we were doing. It was so bad. Like and look at someone like Wood, for example. Was his head in the shed from like a potential move to Salanton or something? Because he could have got Norton sent off, couldn't he, in the first half? I think, in my opinion, on I've only seen
0: it back once, I thought it should have been a red card. In my initial view of that was he, would, he was going through on goals. So, um, yeah, I thought we were lucky to get away with the yellow. And you add that up with the disallowed goals and stuff, and you just think, and the sitters that they missed, and you think that could have been ugly. That could have been four or five. And that is a big concern because we haven't necessarily had the pace in which we deserved. Um, and I'd hope that no one around Swansea City would have thought look, we lost that game by a single goal. No, we lost that game by every facet of the game. We lost every duel, we lost every you know, every 50-50. It was just nothing we were coming into that game and we matched Bristol City on. It wasn't any sort of contest. And that is a big concern.
1: Yeah, I think what worries me the most really is that, you know, none, as you say, nobody left that ground thinking that was in any way sort of a travesty. The only travesty was that it wasn't more. Whereas at least like last season, you know that Birmingham game which drove us up the ball? Yeah. Where we were winning 3-2 and obviously we've lost 4-3, we should never have ran, right? But in general, I came out to that game, I was annoyed that we lost and, and that we'd thrown in the air ever. But I was also thinking, we played so well, this is so unjust, if that makes sense. It was the timing of that one. Yeah, so no, was an but, but we played really started. well. We should yeah. have won and everything like that. But at least I was thinking with that that we'd blown it and you know we'd made some naive mistakes. But I, I just thought the, the entire game was just crap. I, I, there was no injustice to that game in that sense. I could at least look at some look at that one and say there were positives and there were just we had to cut certain things out whereas i didn 't even know where to begin with them again because it was that bad so
0: we, we what do we say We said this from the start when we were talking about people who um were negative about the death appointment before we'd even played a game under him, and I thought that's massive overkill and we said. Um, October, middle of October is an international break. By that point, if we're not seeing improvements and we're not seeing the, the, the road that the club is going down, then um, then you can justifiably say, well, you've had a chance now to implement the ideas. We talked about uh, his, the start he had a and the start he had a Barnsley and how it takes as well to get his ideas across. The big, the big red flag at this point, is that throughout saying that and when we were talking about it in weeks gone by, you were looking to see, right, okay, that was a 1 out of 10 performance. The week after we could still lose, but I'm hoping to see it maybe at least a 2 And then you're hoping to see a a four. And then you want to see building blocks. We spoke about this. We spoke about this under every manager, really. We said the same with Martin. You want to see the building blocks of building towards something better. We spoke with Martin about how in that case, a lot of the time, he was quite streaky. And we weren't seeing the building blocks. This is, at the moment, Steve, at another level. Because these performances appear, on the face of it, to be getting worse. And they don't strike me at all like the sort of football that we were told we were going to be seeing under Michael Duff. Yeah, um,
1: exactly. That, I think that's always the concern. You just look at it and think we're getting worse. And obviously, we know the, the next fixture is a very big one, even if some people don't agree with that. Um, so it's it, I am concerned. That my my instinct is starting to tell me that we might have the wrong man here. Not necessarily a bad manager, but someone that's not the right man for us. I mean... He's he he's obviously did well at Cheltenham. We you can't say that last year at Barnsley was bad either. They were, you know, they could. they were very close to winning that playoff final, and then I think if you lose a playoff final, it's hard to say about a bad season, and you've had a frustrating one. Yeah. But you know, I mean that coupled with those comments about I'd rather win promotion than lose to Cardiff twice. And I mean he just misread the room yeah, massively as well. Com- completely wrong, but not just that, right? After what I've just seen. Our best chance of promotion is from League One next season. <laughs> like to, to think that a man is talking about promotion, and I'm thinking, mate, if you lose to Cardiff, the nights are going to be massively up for you. What the hell are you saying that and for? Not just that. I mean,
0: he's not won a league game yet. To see us beat Cardiff. Russell Martin had this, by the way. Cardiff can be a catalyst. Massively. Such a catalyst for up an upturning form, and Martin saw it. And every Swans manager in my, in my time has seen the, the fact that Cardiff is so important to the city and to the fans that you get behind them for this one. You build this up as the biggest game of the season and you win it. And the feel-good factor can carry you through for four or five weeks. Even if you lost the next one in the case of after the blood the Mears show, you'd have... Uh, the feel good factor, the chance in the stand that, you know, blah, 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 and everything that goes around with the beaten card if we've done it so many times now. Um, it leaves you with that kind of positive energy about the manager, about the players, about the club. Um, I think he's massively mis- misread that and given by the way we haven't won anything yet to say then this one isn't an important one. Well, Really, right now, I'm thinking this one might be your last one. If you don't win it now after the comments you've made, you've done played it, fans are pissed off at that, you then go and get humbling at Cardiff, the knives will be out. People will then turn. And you'd have to wonder then, even though I'm saying October is the great time to make an assessment, the performances have gone downhill, the manager's comments are baffling in the circumstances, the fans are starting to get pissed off with the things he's saying, but also the fact that we're not doing anything on the pitch to justify why why he should be here. It's so confusing. I think the complete opposite of what he said was the right answer. Yeah, Overplay
1: it, if I, anything. I, I, and obviously, as well, another thing to add, he has been back in the transfer market. So then you don't even have the... You, you can't even then go off. You can blame the board. Because he you, you won't, you won't have that either on his favour. I mean, he's been very stupid. I mean obviously he's from Chapman I mean they don't have a rivalry maybe that's why he doesn't sort of get it or is it Forest Green or something sounds like one of the worst rivalries I've ever heard in my life like they throw in the Forest Rocky Green at each ch- other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> chucking vegan burgers at each other or something like that. But, but just what, why do it I mean I think the Cardiff seem to have a few managers and not they who've downplayed it um, you know and that's one them we've been quite lucky everyone down here usually gets it don't they I mean, they understand what it means to us. And like you say, it, it can be a catalyst. I mean, let's be honest, Martin, a lot of his time here was a bit uninspiring. Didn't go great. The knives were out a bit. And then we'd have a derby, we'd win it. And yeah, you know, the pressure lifts a bit. And, you, you buy know, yourself four or five games. Oh, massively you do. And you, the goodwill of the people in it. I mean, look, the fact is, you know, what, how will Russell Martin mainly be remembered as the, the king of the South Wales derby? That, yeah, that's a fact in the history of yeah. the derby and, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly
0: 12 years now is it and you're mm-hmm. looking at that and you're thinking right nobody has had a stranglehold in that
1: derby yeah. in 112 but, years like he has well obviously we haven't looked back to the records box but there might not be another manager who's actually won four in total I'm not yeah, sure it there probably is probably isn't you know, it probably isn't yeah because they, they, of the I know years ago obviously mm-hmm. you used to have managers would stay for longer yeah. and stuff like that but there can't be many who've won four or more they, they can't I mean Dave Jones managed a lot of South Wales derbies, You only had two wins, mm. for example. So, then you know, it's hard to win these games, and you know, um, but so I, I immediately feel as if this manager won't inspire it. But so, we're relying on the players, a lot of them who've also not played in this fixture before. Um, it's hard because I want so much
0: for this to work, and I want him to play the football which. Uh, he sold to us. I feel almost like um, Steve Cooper, dear Steve, where I feel like we were told we were going to play a certain sexy style of football under him, and it was very pragmatic and um, you know relying on the brilliance of Ayu and um, the the trickery of Jamal Lowe in a lot of the games, and the defence were just solid, um, I and mean, then you had Bidwell and Roberts, and we were just chipping in and and providing the balls in so. I felt like that was a little bit... And I remember when we were talking about Cooper at the time, I remember saying, I felt like we were sold a bit of a a, a puppy because we weren't getting the sort of performances we were hoping for. And this is what I'm feeling with Duff. I feel like from the start, I was positive, optimistic about playing a sort of football which he's pre- done at his previous clubs. And you mentioned a few minutes ago about your instinct telling you that he's not the right man for the club, but he's not a bad manager. Well, from all I've seen, he's a bad manager right now. I mean, it's I know you can't discount his previous record and say, oh, that did happen at Barnsley and that did happen at Cheltenham, so give him credit for that.
1: But what are we doing? <laughs> well, no, <laughs> what are we no, doing? No, I, I, based on what we've seen, I do agree. He, he doesn't look like a very good manager, but you have to say that there is evidence that suggests even if it's not at this level. He is a decent manager. So, it's not like Robert Page with Wales, where there is nothing to suggest oh, he's yeah, to okay. manager. It's a manager. This guy has won a promotion with Chapman and kept him up, and he has gone within a playoff final of a promotion to the championship. So he's clearly not a bad so, manager. But what we are seeing here doesn't suggest that he's, he's very good so, so far, does it? So let me add a different angle to
0: this then. What we were understood, one of the big things of Michael Duffball was the high press. He wants to get at the opposition, not let them breathe. I've seen no press at all. No, in most of So, right, there's something fundamentally wrong there. Either Duff, and we've heard this in pre-season. This was a massive red flag for me in pre-season. I probably mentioned it on this podcast. I don't like when he said, players didn't want to do certain things, so we've made adjustments to how we're going to do things. Bollocks to that. Players don't want to do certain things, drop them. Leave them out of the squad. Fuck it. We can't start bowing to players saying, I'm not going to play the way you want to play. If that's the case... <laughs> name him shame him get him out I, I i would hate player power in that instance um but if we're not pressing it's either he's not wanting to press or he's wanting them to and they're not both of those things really scare me because it's either the players down in tools and not playing for the manager or the manager simply not having a clue what he's
1: doing and neither of those are good no exactly that's the problem in there i mean it re- we just do look like a team that, that doesn't know what it's doing and that's what worries me the most because you know if, if you don't know what you're doing how the hell are you ever going to achieve anything so I, I don't know I, I really don't I mean like I said ma- managers do deserve time unless there's you know real issues behind the scenes I mean you know gotta, there's got to be a degree of patience the next we can really do without Cardiff being next I think that's that's definitely fair to say isn't it that, but, is that, uh... but oh, no, look, I know know every win is different <laughs> But as things stand, I can't see it. I I really can't. Um, But the the problem comes then is then we're away to QPR, a team who I also don't think are very good. I'm home to Sheffield Wednesday, another team I don't think are very good. If don't get a win in one of them three, I mean, where is a win going to come from? He's going to need a result just to lift the pressure. I think even if the performances are not very good, he's got to buy himself some time. I mean, you mentioned Cooper there, and I, I think Cooper, yeah, he he sold us something, and then. Didn't deliver on it. However, Steve Cooper did deliver results.
0: Yeah, he did. Didn't he? Yeah. So it's so all a fan base in half yeah, because
1: yeah. it was yeah, of substance. As, it? as we know, we didn't particularly like it. But the fact is, if you don't have style, you have to have substance.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And this guy's got neither at the moment.
0: It's scary. Look at this. Um, to take it off topic, um, I, I I broke my phone yesterday, or oh, my phone broke. <laughs> so I um, I've had to use an old phone for now, whilst my phone gets repaired. But my, my lock screen was, is Fermi famously celebrating in front of the Cardiff end uh, when he opened the scoring up there in the first double, Steve. Um, and you think um, of how that game was built about us making history, how much it would be incredible and uh, the players bought into it and I just feel like right now, um, by the way, this isn't a Cardiff preview, we're going to probably do a 25 minute half hour one next week for that closer to the time, hopefully with a bit more of a positive outlook maybe uh, we can drum something up between mm-hmm. now Robert Page will cheer us all up don't worry about that <laughs> well, I'll try my best not to be too downbeat next week but in terms of the Cardiff game um, I just I know you say it's the worst time for it it feels like a bad time because I'm worried about how Michael Duff's going to approach it following his comments after Bristol City but in other terms, if you're going into a, a derby game in bad form, it's almost like things that I'd be more worried if we'd won four on the bounce going into Cardiff. I, I get that. You know that. I mean? it's, it's just more that we it's not just go, results. That, yeah, know. yeah.
1: But, I mean, there is a simple thing here, and I'd, I'd always say this before a Cardiff game, is that you just pile the pressure on your opposition in the press. You just go, yeah, well, we've won four in a row, so, you know, the, the pressure's not on us. They, they've made, you know, Ramsey's come in and all this type of thing, and just basically saying, you know, that they're the capital, all the usual uh, Paul Armand Donato stuff. Uh, and stuff, um, and, yeah, you just, you just pile the pressure on them. That's the simple thing that you can do, but, I mean, I am, look, it's a concern. Uh, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. I, I don't think I'm going to be feeling particularly optimistic when I board the bus at whatever t- stupid time they make us go in, uh, on a week Saturday, but, look, we we will see. You do never know, do you? So, um, yeah, but, you know, I think we're both concerned, aren't we? I think that that's fair to say, based on what we're seeing, what we're hearing. Um, you know, but we do have new players to come in. That's got to be a positive. Um, but we've got to stop conceding goals. Nine conceding in five games. Could this be it? In your mind.
0: As in, we lose three nil up there. You do never know, do you? Could that I? Because my opinion is the way it's gone and it is getting worse that would be the ultimate humiliation getting stuffed up there we oh, know, would, yeah. we know bit, we've stuffed them plenty
1: of times to know how yeah, embarrassing that is for you well, know look, for, for we, them to have to well, do we, we've been lucky we haven't you know we've been on the right side of, of it haven't we and we've you know even the, when we've lost usually it's been cl- narrow it's been close and quite often they don't have the lead for very often in these games no. I don't know if you've ever noticed that no and they're behind them a lot so for it to go the other way yeah. would be a bit of a culture shock for us because we're really not used to it but look inevitably at some point they are going to beat us I think we have to be realistic about that it does go in spells we've been very very spoiled in this fixture look if it goes badly and it not just with the result but performance and everything like that look the, the lives will be out um, this game means the world to us if it goes badly um, people lose their minds don't they let's be realistic about it especially here at the moment after the game so Look who, who honestly knows. But there's game's thick and fast. There's six games in twenty two days, starting with Cardiff, isn't there? You know, um, I, four I of them. Mind. Yeah. No, no. Sorry, I was gonna say four away from home. I don't think they are. I think this, or rather, no, I think actually, yeah, four away from home. Isn't it? So it's Cardiff, Cardiff away, QPR away, Sheffield Millwall. Wednesday at home, Millwall, Millwall away, away. Uh, Norwich at home, and Plymouth away. Yeah. And if we're honest, a lot of them are not teams that I think are amazing. None of them are on parachute payments, are they? For example. But I would say
0: my opinion, and I, I know we, we could argue this, but um, if we were playing a QPR or someone like that, I would be more concerned because we'd have more of the same. It would be another team to approach, another way of playing, or another how we're going to go, and we're going to put the same turgent display because there's no edge. At least the next game has... It terrifies me because it has so much edge to it. We need to approach it well, right. Well, we're 0-0 potentially, in it? Yeah, but... What sometimes I think a manager could do with is he's got no excuse to 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 hide from this and play it It's gonna be blood and thunder. It's going to... the fans are gonna be up. It's an evening game on a Saturday night. There's going to be drunk fans in the stand. The atmosphere should be good, and to, you cannot then shy away from that. And you got we have got players who I think would relish that sort of. I mean, look at Jerry. Well, for example, I think he would relish
1: that sort of. Game. Well, I'll be honest, if you've not rarely this sort of game, I don't think football's for you was it? No. I mean, a Saturday night, away to your arch nemesis, and you've got a chance to obviously put it well over them again, but for a lot of these players you know, who are new here, it's a chance to be a hero, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's how you have to, to look at it. I mean, surely as a, as a player, you've got to be looking at these games. I'm sure nearly all of them are, I'm thinking, God, this is what it's all about, isn't it? A derby game away, under the lights, give me a piece of that, full house. Yeah. It may even be an atmosphere up it. Never know. Mm. No, don't, don't go too far now. But <laughs> right, put it this way, they've got a chance of all day in the pub. If it's not rocking it, they may as well give up.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, but stepping away from the, the Cardiff for the moment, and on a, on a wider scale, Steve, how how do you see this playing out? I mean, I was confident of the building blocks being in place to see us after game 8 or 9 start getting the results to match improving performances and then as it happened at Barnsley going on a crazy silly run and ending up around the top four five six or whatever it might be, we know from this league already that it can be anyone so it's been anyone the last few years and I expect this season as well whilst there are big teams in here championship always serves up ridiculous results. It doesn't take a lot to climb this table. Are we going to be able
1: to do it under Michael Duff in your opinion? I don't think it's gonna happen that's my that's an instinct thing now I'm just 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 got bad feelings about it just based on what I'm seeing you know some of those comments like you say that he said not not a good feeling about it I just, I just feel like it's the wrong man for us that, that's the truth and you know he's got he should in theory have these six games I mean if they don't go well he could be gone that that's my instinct he re- Look, if he can get a win at Cardiff, then obviously he's going to buy himself a fair bit of time, and he should yeah. be okay. Then it, certainly, if he gets another win in that little mm-hmm. cluster of fixtures, but I, I'm getting bad vibes. I'm, I am. I, I think he could be on borrowed time. It sounds mad after five games, but just get this feeling that it's it's not right. And you know, um, if it if it doesn't pick up, he's in a situation where you know that that Cardiff game if it goes wrong can could. You just turn up the heat a bit more. which is I think it might be done. Da- the way I see it is,
0: you say he's not the right man for us. I know I mentioned this earlier as well, but if you talked about, um, uh, Poulos at Stoke or Nathan Jones, Luton's Le- 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 Nathan Le- Nathan Jones, and you say, well, he's you know, I I can see what he's doing, but he's not the right man for us. Like Poulos at Stoke
1: got fantastic results. But you would probably him. saying Nathan Jones or Salatan so as well, would not you? That was sort of, Well I, he didn't get the results. Well, well, there, no, no, mean? no, he didn't. But it didn't. What I mean it didn't last long. And you'd probably no. say Nathan Jones, arguably, much as I can't stand the bloke, he did only have nine games. It's not. Oh yeah, no. You know, so that that's but that's has got to tell you that behind the scenes as well, it wasn't right. I mean, some of the comments that he was making, throwing people under the bus, yeah, and all this type of thing. That's what led to him yeah. being booted out earlier than he probably did deserve. And I mean, but I think that's what it, it's, it's going to take problems behind the scenes. For Duff to be fired that quickly, yeah. isn't it? I think obviously we, we don't know so much if, if there are major problems behind them. I mean, if, if there are, they'll come to light quite quickly, I would have thought.
0: But if this is the thing, and if, if you had a manager who was playing a complete non brand of football but getting results, you would say, Good manager, not for us. Whereas I can't even say, I can't even say, I can see what you're doing, I just don't want to see it play for us because I can't see what we're trying to do. And that is the biggest red flag, um, is we're not seeing that steady improvement and that steady kind of progression on the pitch. So, um, as you say, to end on a positive, um, we'll wrap this up because we do want to focus solely on the Cardiff game next week. Um, There are players that come in. If all four could have played on, on Saturday against Bristol City, I'm not convinced it would have made a big difference because we were just battered all over the pitch. However... They've got 10... Oh, also, before I forget, massive congratulations to Bashir Humphreys as well, who's in the England, full England squad, for their game on the weekend. So when you look at the quality of players that come into this team, the balance that's coming into this team now with the signings we've made, and the options in, like, so, Jamal Lowe to, you know, bring a different aspect to, to, to the opposition to think about, um, he can change it now. He could potentially go Janelian Low on the wings yeah you front or Jerry Yates or whatever it might be. you can have a different formation now. you can try something different, but um the only positive I've got to hang on is we've got quality to come into this team, and hopefully that, with a couple of weeks on the training ground and the biggest game so far this season coming up is a perfect cauldron for a kickstart I pray yeah I mean
1: hopefully I, I obviously I know Humphreys is with, with uh, England isn't he Cabangos yeah. with Wales I'm, I'm not sure if there's one or two other youngsters that are away I think well. Wood is with the under 20 minutes yeah, again mean, yeah. a lot of the players in theory should still be here so hopefully they you know that little break and respite and I'm sure they might have the weekend off or something but you know a chance maybe to, to work on things without the pressure of a game this weekend that that could be po- seen as a positive couldn't it has to be yeah I think that's some, certainly something we've got to sort of cling to isn't it because Performance-wise, I don't think it can get much worse in the weekend. Well, I'd be love to have been a fly
0: on the wall after Bristol City and that drives because, as I said, I think that's the worst performance yet. The performance is getting worse. The heat is turning up on Michael Duff and what is trying to happen and what he's trying to do. Um, if he hasn't kick boots of players' heads and thrown chairs in there or whatever, then he's clearly looking for an exit from the football club. Because for me, having watched that for 98 minutes or 100 minutes or whatever long it was in total, um, that was an absolute catastrophe. So if he's got anything about him as a manager wanting to manage at this level, there will be big changes.
1: Yeah, there will. Um, because, you know, we've had a bad start. I mean, his... You know, his reputation's on the line as well. I mean, yeah. if he gets sacked from this job, I'm assuming his next job could easily be certainly the bot towards the bottom of League One, maybe even League Two, and then it'd be very difficult for him to ever get back to this level. So, you know, um, yeah, he he needs to do what he feels is right now because if he doesn't, then you know it's his end on-, on the chopping block,
0: isn't it? Has to be his way now. It has to be his way. No more hybrid football. No more. Um, we're going to try and make adjustments because the players don't want to do certain things they won't do it your way they won't play and it has to be that way you can't judge the man on playing something he doesn't believe in himself he has to start playing three games ago in reality Steve didn't he he has to start playing the way that he likes to play Um, and fingers crossed we see the sort of thing we were hoping to see under Michael Duff um, in the next game which is obviously massive we will be coming back um, next week for a preview, but middle of next week we we'll recorded, so hopefully it'll be out around about uh, Thursday um, in readiness for the big derby um, up the road. But um, I'm sorry, it couldn't have been more positive. Did you expect it to be positive after the shit we've just seen? I think this is what people want to hear, to be honest. <laughs> so. We did a podcast before where it lasted 15 minutes. We did well to make this one last 50 and (laughs) drag it out as much as we could. But uh, join us again next week where we'll be focusing on the Cardiff game and how on earth we'd stop the rot and turn this around for the better. But for myself and Steve, thanks for listening. Mm Bye-bye.